Gino, do you get a little uh, ginger in yours? A little ginger. Okay, ginger. let's come clean here. I'm diluting my bourbon. Okay. But what, got do, me. What, what, what do we tell you? What do we say on Bourbon Road? That I can drink it how I want it. It's That's my right. bourbon. I can drink it how I want it. That's right. So I appreciate that. So when you're when you're drinking Jim Beam Distillers Cut, how do you like your Jim Beam Distillers Cut? Let's be. With a little L8 in it. There you go. L8 <laughs> and, and Jim Beam. Now, now for our listeners that are not from Kentucky and they're going to come to the Bourbon Trail, right? And I will tell you, there's not L8 everywhere in the world. Well, ginger ale is good. Is a good alternative. L- and actually, I like to say a late because if you notice, like there's a little one behind that. Oh yeah, a late one. <laughs> I like to call it a late one instead of a late. But we all know what we're talking about. Welcome to another trip down the Bourbon Road with your hosts Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. We would like to thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Logheads Home Center for supporting this episode of The Bourbon Road. Find out more about their fine rustic furniture at logheadshomecenter.com. We've been extremely fortunate to have a lot of great people as guests here on the show. Some are industry folks, others are musicians, there's been artists and chefs and authors, and they've all been big fans of bourbon whiskey. Every now and then we get to have the pleasure to sit down with some really good people who dedicate themselves to helping others. They give us their time and their energy for a noble cause. And that's what we have today as Mike and I get to sip a little bourbon while we chat with David and Gina from the Veterans Club here in Kentucky. This is a really good organization doing great work with our veterans here at home, and we're honored to have them on the show. And it's not by chance that we've invited them here this week as we all prepare to honor and celebrate our military veterans as we do each year on Veterans Day. But before we get started, we would like to thank the Paddock in Shelbyville, Kentucky. Jeff and Stacy Rogers were kind enough to let us use their beautiful event space to record this episode. This 1890s building at 700 Main is a great place for parties and events and features bourbon barrels, stone, and exposed brick for a perfect bourbon country backdrop. The Paddock's Coffee and Eat serves up specialty coffees and culinary treats for all its guests. And if you need a place to stay when you're here visiting the Bourbon Trail, the Saddlebred Suites are on the second floor. You can find out more at paddockcoffee.com. Well, that's enough of my chit chat. Let's get on to the show. Hello, everyone. I'm Jim Shannon. And I'm Mike Hyatt. And this is the Bourbon Road. And today, Mike, where are we? We're at the Paddock Coffee and Eats and Gatherings, the Paddock Experience here in Shelbyville, Kentucky. It's actually at 700 Main Street here in Shelbyville. If you haven't been down to downtown Shelbyville, it's super quaint, a small town feel in central Kentucky. If you're out on the Bourbon Trail, you stop by here and get some desserts. So we got some pretty special guests on today. I'm excited. I'll tell you what, we got the Veterans Club of Kentucky and we got their Sergeant at Arms, uh, David Willis. Kind of scares me a little bit because that was one of my first sergeants in the Army and it (laughs) gave me a little hair on the back of my neck stood up a little bit when I heard his name. And then we got Gina... Don't mess it up. There you go. And she's the volunteer coordinator for the uh, 
Veterans Club of Kentucky. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to have you. Well, today we're going to drink a little bit of bourbon. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. So normally the way this works is um, we bring a bottle and you bring a bottle and you have brought a bottle. Yes, sir. But we won't get to that to the second half. But in the first half, we're going to taste a bottle that Mike and I have brought. And today we brought Eagle Rare. It's a product from Buffalo Trace Distillery. Have you guys had Eagle Rare before? I have not. I have. You have. All right. Well, um, we have already poured this, so you guys have it in your glass. So uh, what I like to say is we don't waste a whole lot of time. We get straight to the drinking. That's what I'm talking about. My kind of people. All right. So, um, you know, drink it like you like it. We're going to go ahead and uh, appreciate this a little bit. You can smell it, yeah, taste it, good. drink it, talk about it. We'll spend a few minutes with it here, and then we'll get into the backstory. Sound good? Sounds good. Sounds good. Now, Eagle Rare is a, um, like I said, it's a Buffalo Trace product. I think it's 90 proof. It's um, it's a 10-year-old bourbon. Um, it's smooth. It still has an age statement, but the oh, age but- statement has sort of made its way to the back of the bottle. That's usually the trend. It, it goes from the front of the bottle and then it makes it to the back of the bottle and then it goes away. <laughs> but it's still 10 year old whiskey. So there's uh, that, there's that word, that two taboo word, uh, smooth. Oh, it we is. talked about that last week a little bit. And I, you know what? I am just going to say, if you're a veteran, I think you should be able to say bourbon is smooth. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think you made it clear last week, Mike, with our last guest <laughs> that you're a big guy and nobody better say a word to you about saying smooth. So I missed that. What was the big thing about smooth last week? I guess it is kind of a uh, taboo. People don't like to say they, they, they take it to a different level and they don't like to say it's smooth. They like to say it's fine whiskey or. Um, yeah. Or talk about, you know, the different uh, flavor notes that you get in it. Like maybe I get a little bit of uh, sweetness and some, uh, some caramel and things like that. Mm-hmm. And and smooth is kind of a general term. You know, what is smooth in whiskey? Right. Well, well it, it don't burn. Like some bourbons out there, they burn when it goes down. This this doesn't burn. So. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I think I think Eagle Rare, when it hits the front of your mouth, it uh, presents itself kind of, uh, um, it doesn't attack your tongue. Agreed. Right? Agreed. That's what All you right. think of a 90 proof bourbon, I think, is... Uh, it is a bourbon that it's not peppery in that back end right. to where it's burning in your throat. It's got that, it does have that vanilla, that caramel taste, mm-hmm. toasted marshmallows. The, the vanilla part, I got the vanilla part big time, but I kind of like the burn. Do I kind of like that burn. Well, some people do. I mean, you know, I there's two different kinds of burns in bourbon, I think. This is my opinion. I think you've got the burn of the alcohol, the, I guess the ethanol burn. The right? ethanol burn, right. yeah. And then you got the burn of the spice. So sometimes bourbons have a spice to them. Right. You know, that, oh, rye, yeah, definitely. That, that rye that rye grain that's in the bourbon contributes a little bit of spice to it. And I usually, like to feel it go down. Yeah. You know, she, like. She told me she likes a little bit of that Knob Creek. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> that's some hot juice right there. Well, Eagle Rare is probably a pretty good one for you because Knob Creek is kind of a, it's got a good oak flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Like you can taste the oak in it. And uh, Eagle Rare. Knob Creek, they both have that. So, oh yeah, I can taste it. Yeah, oh yeah, it's good. Now, Eagle Rare is getting a little bit harder to find. Um, I guess depending on where you are in the country, some people it's readily available when they go to the stores, but other people have trouble locating it. Even here in Kentucky, yeah. people will, they all try to snatch it up right away. It's funny too because I've been to a couple of places looking for it, and the pricing 
is different depending on where you get it. Right. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you'll go to uh, go to like, for example, liquor barn and they'll have a special release, maybe some pappy or something like that, you know, and you'll see the Eagle rare as part of that release. You know, they're, they're kind of putting those bottles out there as a specialty bottle. It's a good bourbon. I mean, it's a really good bourbon and it is fairly priced in the thirties, I think. Only where have you seen it at? Well, there's a liquor store right around the corner from my house that uh, I frequent. Yeah, <laughs> and it was eighty dollars there. Wow, yeah, that's a lot of money it for was Eagle a lot Rare. Of money. Yeah, that is a lot. And it was, money. but it was only the the only bottle there too. Yeah. So that might be why. You know, the funny thing is, uh, <clears throat> somebody will probably buy that bottle. Oh, for sure. I'm sure. Yeah, but anyway, so we didn't pay. We didn't pay that for this bottle. We got this bottle from. Um, I think this one came from Kroger's, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think we paid probably thirty dollars for it, thirty two dollars. That's it. not bad at yeah. all. I think we just bought bought our son uh, a, a bottle. I think on Sunday, um, and we bought him a bottle of Eagle Rare and a bottle of Weller's Special Reserve to take down to Louisiana to him. And um, I think that's about what we paid was thirty two thirty two ninety nine at, at a liquor barn, and I thought that was a pretty good price. I think $80. That's a lot. That was a yeah. lot. Oh, yeah. I said something to the guy behind the counter. I'm like, are you seriously paying, like, charging people $80 for this? I can go to the liquor barn. Got to keep those lights on. <laughs> Obviously. Definitely. It's going to be sitting there for a while. So so we're here to kind of, we, we ask you two on and uh, ask the Veterans Club to come on because uh, we're, next week is uh, Veterans Day, right? Yes, sir. And the Marine Corps yeah. birthday. And the Marine Corps birthday. Kind of fitting, right? You yes, both sir. Both of you are former Marines. Or Correct. Still Marines. Once a Marine, former always Marine. Former Marine, right. Not ex-Marine, former Marine. Former Marine's right. fine. Once right. a Marine, always Marine. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, and we're here to really celebrate being a veteran. Both me and Jim are veterans, and we're pretty proud of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, can you tell us something about the Veterans Club and how many members you have right now? All right, so Veterans Club's probably about a little, little over three years old, uh, founded by Jeremy Harrell, who actually lives here in Shelbyville. Um, we have roughly a little over 2,500 members in the state as of right now. Um, we're nationally recognized for our equine therapy that we have for veterans with PTSD and TBI. We have two locations that we use. Uh, one happens to be here in Shelby County, and then the other one's in uh, Taylorsville. When I found Veterans Club, um, they had about 900 members, and that was back in March. I guess it was back, yeah, probably about March time frame. We had 900 members. I just joined on as a, a regular member <laughs> at that time, and um it felt like a family from day one. So I was involved with other organizations. I'm not going to say who, but I was involved with other organizations and um, it felt like a job. But when I joined Veterans Club, it, it felt like a family from day one. I was welcomed. Uh, everybody helped everybody. And we have a big presence on on Facebook. It's you know, on our Facebook page. And uh, everybody gets along. Yeah, we rag on other branches, but everybody gets along. Well, that's always been the case, right? The oh, branches yeah. always are, at, you know, picking oh, yeah. on each right. other. Oh, yeah, it, definitely. It's all right. It's all right for, I think, um, I've told this to a couple people. They're like, well, you two can pick on each other but i can't say nothing i'm like well it's different it's because we're brothers and sisters they're Agreed. like well, you're not brothers and sisters and i'm like we, we are we're we're veterans yeah. we both served our countries and i think it's all right for us four to sit here and do that but if yeah. you got an outsider that didn't serve their country they didn't experience the hardships or the sacrifices that Agreed. we experienced 
you know, who are they to, to rag on us? But it's all right for us. It's like brothers and sisters. You just, oh, let, yeah. sure. just let them fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. it, it's definitely. I mean, and that's the good thing about Veterans Club. I mean, just the people that we have met um, and and the, the friendships um, that, that have came from that. Uh, and that's what Veterans Club is about. It's about building that camaraderie that we had when we were in the military. And we're trying to rebuild that in our civilian life. Um, and just like when I met Gina for the first time, she's a Marine. So we automatically bonded right there. Uh, but just getting involved with Veterans Club and seeing that what we do. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I joined, joined the board, because I wanted to get more involved. And we went from 900 members back in March to 2,500 members now. So it's just, it's amazing just to see uh, the growth that we do have. Now, so. is the growth of the club as a result of some sort of an outreach that you've been doing, some maybe some social media efforts that you've been doing, or just a... I think it's more word of mouth. Okay. Because um, a lot of people will come and reach out to us, or they'll, you know, they'll, when when one veteran gets involved, uh, just even on the Facebook page, they invite all the veterans they know. Right. Uh, and they see what we do, and just by, you know, Jeremy being on TV or or on the radio or doing this or doing that um, people see what we're doing and then when they see what we're doing and they know that we're genuine about what we're doing because we're all volunteers we don't get paid to do what we do we do it because that's, that's what we're passionate about um, and it's like the equine therapy i went to my first one the other day and i tell you it was amazing it was an amazing experience because you're out there with those these horses and i've been around horses when i was younger we had horses. And then when I joined the military, I, I went away from, you know, being around horses all the time. So I knew, you know, some of the mannerisms and stuff at that time. Uh, but when I went to the equine therapy and I watched these veterans that came from, uh, you know, Salvation Army, uh, just to, to how they interact with these horses. Uh, it's amazing because they build that bond. Uh, and it's it's just simply amazing. I mean, that's all I can say about it. It's just amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. So the equine therapy we've had we've had some people on in the past who are involved in equine therapy, and and the the last people we had on were were doing equine therapy with children, so children with disabilities, right? And the results are just absolutely amazing. Just oh, it amazing. Is. It is. So I can imagine a veteran returning from abroad and and has some issues to deal with. You know, to have that therapy available to him is oh, just yeah. a, it's a great thing. Well, a prime example. I'm not going to say his name, but um, we call him Doc. Uh, he was home ridden. He couldn't leave his house because of his PTSD and his his severe anxiety. Um, he found our program and he came out to the equine therapy and. Now, just seeing from where he was then to where he is now, I mean, he's doing radio interviews. He's doing TV interviews. Um, he's getting out of his house and volunteering at Mission Barbecue uh, for like the first responders days and veterans uh, veterans days coming up. Uh, he's also went to um, uh, he traveled out of the state and went to um, Ohio for a program for the week. I mean, it's just amazing just to see that his transition because he, because he found veterans club and our equine therapy. That's awesome. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. So Gina, your job is dealing with volunteers. That's correct. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Um, I've basically, out, I do an outreach to everybody that is part of the club. If we have uh, something that comes up, 
uh, for instance, there was one um, girl, she was in the Navy. She, she became homeless. Was she Navy or Army? I don't know. That is, doesn't even matter. But um, she became homeless. Like, she got ahead of situation. She had nowhere to live. Um, she had a lot of her things in storage. She reached out to us. I got a group together. We met up. Five, six people didn't even know each other before, just complete strangers. Um, got a, you know, point of contact, went and got all our stuff out of storage, got her into an apartment, things like that. Just, oh, that's amazing. There's t times, too, that Jeremy can't be somewhere. He asked me, hey, we have an event coming up at Keeneland, and we want a booth there. Can you get a few people just to represent us? And so I'll reach out and get some people together and just coordinate people like that. Okay. So what did you what did you do when you were serving? What was your MOS? I, mean, I was aviation ordinance. Okay. So what what does aviation ordinance do? Uh, well, they called me a BB stacker, <laughs> but um, basically I loaded guns and uh, missiles and different munitions on F-18s. Okay. And where were you stationed? I was stationed in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh -huh. It's an old Air Force base. It was um, renovated to be a joint reserve base. So I got, uh, I was an active duty member in, on a reserve base. So I had like easy duty for the four years that I was in. Wow. My, my wife was actually born on that, on that base. Was she really? Oh yeah. That's a small world. Back when it was an Air Force base. Yeah. Carswell Air Force Base. Yeah. She would, she, I'm going to have to tell her, listen, that she, she'd be super excited. Yeah. Well, that's we so funny. Fort, we drove through there one time and she was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta find this place. Yeah. And, uh, it's so different. I, let's see. I went back about 10 years after I got out, um, just to visit some old Marines that I was friends with. And, uh, it was just, you know, your memories from 10 years is, are completely different, but oh yeah, it was, it's, it was a good experience. So let's talk about your, your bourbon experience in the military. When's the first time you had some bourbon? Well, bourbon for me goes back a long way, way before the Marine Corps. Uh, I probably, I, I used to drink Jim Beam. I would get a half pint of Jim Beam and chase it with Mountain Dew. Mountain <laughs> Dew. Oh, Jimmy Dew. That's what we used to call Jimmy it. Dew. Jimmy Dew. <laughs> yeah. Now that was when I was in high school though. Well, you know, yeah, but you were Kentuckian. 18 in high school, so it's okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about when you're in the military? What you did you? Same thing. Same I thing. mean, I never really got out of my comfort zone until I got a little bit older. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of times, dark liquor with me does not sit well for some reason. Um, actually, here's a good story. I was in the Marine Corps with a guy. He was all he was an Indian, um, pure Indian. I don't maybe sure. Now, yeah, Indian mm -hmm. as in. Native American. India or Native American? Native American. Native American. Okay. Right. All right. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Um, he was the nicest guy, sweetest guy ever. But when he would drink bourbon, dark liquor, whiskey, he was me. He wanted to fight everybody. Like, yeah. And I guess I have some Indian in me because that's how I get. <laughs> so watch it. Glad we got this table between us. I know, right? <laughs> Don't scared. say anything out of line later. I'm scared. I'm gonna have to move over a little bit. Well, they bit. say when you when you drink when you drink too much, you're gonna become one of three things, right? You've heard that before. You're oh yeah. Lion, a lamb, or a monkey. 
right? So you're you're a lion. I'm a lion. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I'm just a big old monkey. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. I get I get silly when I get. I just, I just get real quiet. I'm a lamb. I just sort of just sink into the couch and just watch everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, now, David, what about your service? Uh, so I, I joined the Marine Corps in '97. I was 0311 uh, infantry. Uh, so I was a ground pounder. I call those bullet catchers. Oh yeah, bullet sponge. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I was stationed in uh, North Carolina uh, at Camp Lejeune, and uh, my first duty station was 2nd Battalion, 8th Marines Golf Company. Um, I was there most of my career until um, I decided to go on a med float, and 2-8 wasn't going on a med float, so I talked to a career planner, which is basically a recruiter for people that are already in the military. Um, and I switched over to 1st Battalion, 8th Marines, Bravo Company, and uh, went on a med float with those guys. And after I got done with that, I got out uh, right, I got out in August of 2000, uh, right before 9-11, uh, got out before 9-11, and then got recalled back in to go to go back overseas. So I'm going to pause you for a second here, and I want to say that probably 80% of our listeners have no idea what a med float is. Okay, so a med float <laughs> uh, is a you, you joint, you get on a, a Navy boat, uh, or sh- should ship. I say ship? ship. Uh, <laughs> I had to correct myself. I know, I had to correct myself because you don't say boat. Uh, it's a ship. I was on the USS Nassau. We went to the Mediterranean and did a float around the Med. So uh, went to Rota, Spain, Italy, uh, Tunisia, Africa, and we were there for six months on a six-month deployment. You make that sound so romantic. Oh, it was it was amazing. Rota, I went to Rota, Spain. Oh, it was amazing. Let me tell you, I would do it again in a heartbeat. <laughs> My so, son so, said Rota was the best place he went. Oh, uh, see, I, Rota was. Um, armpit of, of, of the med. Uh, oh. Me personally, I like Malta. Uh, oh, I went it's a beautiful to, it's a, country. Oh, it is beautiful. We went to the little town of Valletta and um, it, it was amazing just to see. It kind of reminded me of a little bit of Venice. Like when you pull into port, uh, the streets were, you know, it was water and then houses were right up on the, on the waterway coming in. And then we did our training, uh, you know, as Marines, we, when we're, Underway, um, all we do is train and and sleep, basically. Uh, You know, the Navy guys do what they do uh, to run the ship and make sure everything's good to go. And us Marines, we just do our training. So that's all right. When it gets time to when it's time to get busy, we appreciate you guys. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, how'd you uh, how'd you start your bourbon drinking journey? Your bourbon road. Well, see, I'm from Barstown, Kentucky, where uh, Jim Beam is. Well, Jim Beam's one of the premier ones that are down there. But uh, you, you, we have what six six distilleries in my hometown. So it depends as, on what day you're talking about. Oh yeah, they're, they're oh, going yeah. up everywhere. That's right. Oh yeah. So as as I was growing up, uh, my family's always been um, bourbon drinkers. <clears throat> but growing up in Barstown, uh, waking up every morning, you smell that sire mash as it's cooking. I mean. If you're not from Barstown and you don't, you come there, you think that smell is nasty. But to me, I mean, it was amazing. Um, I think I had my first drink when I was probably eight, 14, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe a little younger. They do, they do start them young in Bardstown. I was one when I got my baby bottle and it had bourbon in it. <laughs> he probably did. His grandma probably put it on his teeth when oh, he yeah, was teething. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. A little hot some. toddy when I was That's younger. Right. My grandma's from Nelson County, too. I know how that oh, works. Oh, yeah. Now, when you were 
were out uh, with the Marines and you're stationed there in North Carolina or you're overseas and mm-hmm. stuff, did you find it hard to find that same bourbon that you were finding at home? Uh, stateside, not so much. Uh, but when you got overseas, uh, I was talking earlier about uh, Okinawa. When I was in Okinawa, um, I went out to um, Kadena Air Force Base, which was the northern part of the island, and went out to Gate 2 Street and walked into a, a liquor store there. And I was looking at the bourbon that they had because I wanted to see what they had from Kentucky. And they had some bourbons that I never even heard of, like virgin bourbon was one of them that caught my eye. So I bought a bottle, a small bottle, just to try it out to see. And it, it was kind of like Jim Beam, um, but it had a whole different flavor. So I don't know if that's because it was shipped overseas or whatnot, but uh it was easy to always to find Jim Beam, which is my go-to bourbon. I mean, I don't know why. I guess because I'm from Barstown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always my go-to. I like my Jim Beam Black. Eight, it used to be eight-year-old, but now it's uh, double age or whatever they call it. You haven't you haven't talked to a man with uh, three fingers. Was it three fingers missing? <laughs> Eaten by a turtle or something? I don't know. No, no. <laughs> there's a whole another story to that. Oh, okay. No, no the, I think the the uh, the military has this rich tradition. Um, with whiskey and with bourbon. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Since, since the uh, Revolutionary War, actually, Congress actually gave uh, the uh, Continental Army a ration of uh, whiskey. Nice, four, which was four ounces, I think, somewhere around there. And uh, they kind of fell out of love before before the Revolution. It was rum was you know uh, was America's drink, but then they started taxing us, and they they stopped that rum from becoming America. So Americans said, well, heck, we got all this excess corn and it's going to spoil. What, what, what are we going to make with it? And they, well, we'll make us some whiskey. Man, that sounds pretty good. Well, how are you going to keep a soldier fight and keep him happy? You know, it's cold. Getting it's drunk. Valley Forge. Oh, yeah. You know, and he, he's been battling all day. What are you going to give him, Jim? That's Shot right. Whiskey. Give, him, give, him, give him some good rye whiskey or <laughs> bourbon whiskey and give him a little bit of Liquid courage, right? A little bit of liquid courage, I think. So that lasted until about 1832, um, and then they Congress decided to stop that. They were having a lot of issues and stuff, as as you both probably realize you have with people drinking in the military. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's it's been around forever. Um, <clears throat> Jack Daniels, they actually sell more, I think it's um, their barrels, to uh, active duty military than to anybody else. They're their largest buyer of those barrels. Right. But, wow. Clubs and you know the veterans club. Hopefully one day you guys will do a barrel pick and that'd be nice. Um, that I think that'd be pretty awesome. That would be good. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I was actually talking to old Coast Guard the guy today. He's a retired guy. I was talking to him and he said, uh, he's like, yeah, I was up in a Bering Sea um, in the early '80s, and that's back when in the Coast Guard them guys could have beards and stuff. Oh, yeah. And he's painting me this pretty picture of this 1944 ship he's on. Um, Coast Guard cutter, and they're out there doing operations in the Bering Sea. And he, they went out there, and it's, it, you can imagine how cold it is there. Oh yeah, pretty and, cold. Uh, he said they come back from doing the boardings on these fishing boats, and probably some Russian trawlers, people trying to come into the U.S. zone and fish and stuff. And that's who they're trying to make sure that they're not entrenching on U.S. waters. And he said, got back on board and dock, brought a big old bag out there, and they had all these airline airline uh little bottles of bourbon and rum and all kinds of other stuff and they called those uh foul weather rations is what they were calling them he said it'd warm you right up and obviously it it doesn't warm you up it makes you feel warm it makes it, you feel warm yeah. it doesn't warm you up though 
It's like drinking moonshine. Right. Well, guys, um, let's let's keep sipping on our uh, Eagle Rare here. And uh, by the way, what do you think about that? It's good. good. You like oh, that? I think it's, it's great. Gone. I, I it's like gone. it. Mine's gone already. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we can get you some more. <laughs> but uh, we're going to take a little break here. And when we get back, we're going to we're find out what you brought for us to drink. All right. Sound good? Sounds good to yeah, me. Yeah. like to thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Logheads Home Center for supporting this episode of the Bourbon Road. Logheads Home Center, nestled in the hills of Kentucky, is an industry leader in building handcrafted rustic furniture. Family owned and operated, they take pride in offering only the very best for their customers. The Logheads, and that's what they like to call themselves, are skilled woodcrafters who are passionate about creating rustic furniture for people who appreciate the beauty of natural wood. Owners Tommy and Gwen don't just sell the rustic lifestyle, they live it. And you can be sure that Logheads Furniture will always be handcrafted in Kentucky by artisans who embrace the simple way of life. Logheads Rustic Furniture is made from northern white cedar, a sustainable wood that's naturally rot and termite resistant. Its beauty and quality will add warmth to your earthy lifestyle for generations to come. Be sure to check out everything they have to offer at logheadshomecenter.com. And while you're at it, Give Tommy and Gwen a shout on Facebook or Instagram at Logheads Home Center. So we're, we're back for the second pour, and we're here with uh, the Veterans Club of Kentucky here at the, the paddock uh, in Shelbyville, Kentucky, once again. They got some fine coffee, and they got some bourbon dessert. So once again, if you're out here on that bourbon trail and you want to stop by, you're on your way to Bullet. Or out here to Jet the Creed, stop by Main Street, hit some of the shops, come in and get yourself a great coffee. So, so David, what did you uh, what you bring us today, man? Well, I brought Jim Beam Distillers Cut, the limited release. Um, I'm from Barstown, so I had to go with Jim Beam. Uh, Jim Beam here, this limited release Distillers Cut, uh, straight bourbon comes from barrels personally selected by seventh generation distiller Fred No. Um, and, and let me tell you, Fred No knows how to pick some barrels, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, he does. He's oh, been yeah. in the business a long time. He has. It's a, it's a hundred proof. Um, it's unfiltered, aged five to six years. Um, it's just got a smooth flavor. I know it's a bad word to say, but that's all right. That's uh, all right. It, it, it's it, when you when you taste it, it, it or you smell it, it, it does taste a little woody. Um, I, I smell some chocolate in there. So, what is what is distiller's cut? I mean, kind of what's the whole idea behind the distiller's cut? Well, that's just like uh, going back in the old days when you had your you know your moonshine. Uh, the the distiller uh, would pick, you know, your heads and your tails and, you know, the, the distiller picks the, the sweet spot. Yeah. And that's kind of what this is here. It's that sweet spot of Jim Beam. So that's what they're looking for. That's why it's distiller's cut. So this is roughly a six-year bourbon, more or less. Yeah, roughly about six years. I mean, years. I, I'm looking across the table at the bottle. It's got some good color to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's that standard Jim Beam bottle, though, oh, right? Uh, it's a little yeah. bit different than a normal a normal Jim Beam bottle. Just a little bit, but not much. It's pretty standard. I think right. that that Jim Beam bottle is pretty recognizable to, to oh, anybody yeah. around oh, the yeah. world, right? Oh yeah. So what do you say we uh, take a find sip. out what it's all about? Oh yeah. 
Gina, Has anybody had this before? Gina, what you got I in your glass it. over there? I've never had I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I've never had it before. Uh, this, I, I love Jim Beam. I've, um, Jim Beam Black uh, has always been my favorite. The four-year-old, the eight-year-old, uh, the triple age, which is hard to get. They don't have eight-year-old anymore, right? No, it's double-aged now. It's called double-aged. Yeah, it's double-aged now. You know, I'm, I'm, there are people on both sides of the fence on this whole thing. You know, this this taking the age statements off and... You know, I hear him tell a story how it gives them more flexibility in the distillery to pick barrels and mix them and stuff and make a better flavor profile. I look forward to the day when the age statements come back. Oh, yeah, me too. I think I think I do. I like to just see it on the bottle. What about you, Mike? I, you know, when I walk through a liquor store, I guess that's what I'm looking for is I look for that age statement. You know, I'm looking for that sweet spot, that 8 to 12 years old oh, yeah. bourbon and stuff. I think and, a lot of people do. Man, I, when I get some of that stuff, I'm just like, look, look that Eagle Rare was just. I hope they good. don't take the ten year off that, but I just know that in the past those age statements have, they've gone from like up on the neck to down on the front and then around to the back, and right? Then poof, they're gone, and so, then they're gone. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's uh, like the triple aged. I mean that. It's six year old triple age. I mean, it, and it's oh my! I tell you what, it, it was probably one of the better tasting Jim uh, Beam that I that is just it, it doesn't it, it's it's really good, easy on the palate. So to um, me, triple triple age would be if it's six, right? It's, eight, it's eighteen year old. Yeah, it's eighteen year olds. Yeah, bourbon. that that takes a while. Eighteen year old. Are yeah. you sure? That's what it says on the bottle. So it's six year old triple age. So. Six years old, and it, it ages it two years in one barrel. Well, I don't know. So, barrel, so, barrel. so yeah, I don't know anything about this, so I can't speak from knowledge. But bourbon becomes straight bourbon at two years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Triple that is six years. I think. So I I'm think just we'll wondering put, if maybe that's what they're yeah. they're saying uh, yeah. there. You know what maybe, I mean? Maybe, but it, it's really good though. Is it? It's I, really. I good. bet you money that some of our listeners will hit us up on Instagram and, and let tell us, you. They, they will let us know. Oh right. yeah, yeah. We got we got pounced on last week. Well, the last two weeks we get pounced <laughs> a little bit don't we? because something will come out on the show. It's okay. I yeah. mean, we we welcome it. You know, we 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 say something on the show that we think is what it is. And then it doesn't take any time at all on Instagram. Boy, they'll come in and say, guys, here's here's the story. You're wrong. So You're reading, wrong. reading right. here. I'm that, though. You know, I don't like I, I definitely don't like being wrong. I mean, I was a chief for a long time and chiefs don't like even when you were wrong you were right I, yeah yeah but, <laughs> that's all right I, i'll take it you know we we uh i wouldn't say we made mistakes we were just not informed you're a man you know you make mistakes you just don't own up to it Uh-oh. oh my <laughs> goodness there you go pow pow <laughs> punch, punch me in the mouth so reading here it says jim beam black uh the triple h statement refers not to three different types of cask but to the six-year-old age statement, which is three times the minimum um, maturation period for straight bourbon. So, so that's six yeah. years. So six so I was old. just guessing. I that's know. a very good guess. Yeah. That was a good guess. Poor, poor David over here. He, but six-year-old bourbon, it, it, massive respect for a six-year-old bourbon. Oh, I yeah. love six-year-old bourbon. I so. thought it was 18 years. You know these so infantry I, guys. They, they're a little slow. <laughs> we are a little slow. We are. Just a I'm little. glad you just put him in his own category, did, not just a marine thing. Like eating crayons and stuff. I hear that one all the time. So, oh, you're a marine. Yeah, so you let's guys. talk a little bit about this this Jim Beam we have in our glass right now. So this is the Jim Beam Distiller's Cut. This is a five to six-year-old Jim Beam product. What's the proof on it? It's 100 proof. It's a 100 proof product. Yep. But not bottled in bond, though. No. No. And when you when you sniff it, um, 
You can smell the wood. I smell a little bit of vanilla. Yep, I get a little bit of a like like a raisin or a darker <laughs> a little kinda, bit of dried yeah, fruit. Dried yeah. fruit. Yep, it's really good. Do you know you get a little uh, like, you get a little ginger in yours? Little ginger. Okay, <laughs> let's come clean. Like, <laughs> I'm diluting my bourbon. Okay. What do, we, what, what, what do we tell you? What do we say on Bourbon Road? That I can drink it how I want it. It's That's my right. bourbon. I can drink it how I want it. That's right. So I appreciate that. So when you're when you're drinking Jim Beam Distillers Cut, how do you like your Jim Beam Distillers Cut? Let's be with a little L.A. in it. There you go, L.A. <laughs> and, and Jim Beam. Now, now for our listeners that are not from Kentucky and they're going to come to the Bourbon Trail, right? And I will tell you, there's not L8 everywhere in the world. Well, ginger ale is good is a good alternative. L- and actually, I like to say a late because if you notice, like there's a little one behind that. Oh yeah, a late one. <laughs> I like to call it a late one instead of L8, but we all know what we're talking about. Um, so it's a Kentucky. That's a Kentucky soda. That is a Kentucky, yeah. Ginger ale, and it's it's kind of a ginger ale, but it's got a little bit of a twist to it, right? It doesn't have ginger in it either, does it? I don't. I don't know, but. I don't I think it's more like a Sprite. I think mad props to putting putting L8 in, in bourbon. It's good stuff. I think I've it's had a it I'm a big fan of uh, I'm a big fan of uh, mules, Kentucky mules. Right. So I love you know ginger beer and bourbon. Mm-hmm. A little bit of lime in there. Well, according to the label, yeah, it does have ginger. in it. Does it have yeah. it? Okay. I thought it. I thought I it might. Know. Yes. But finally, I'm right about something. <laughs> <laughs> according to the label, there is ginger. Okay. In there. Well, yeah. ginger's good for you. So uh, yeah, which so, makes sense. You know, there's a lot of ginger root up them mountains in uh, Kentucky. That's right. And well, Kentucky was they knew something up there, right? Right. Well, hashtag your bourbon your way. You drink it however you want. Thank to. you. Yes. Plus absolutely. Your, plus your marine. Nobody's gonna say nothing. That's right. Just kick them in the teeth. <laughs> just, just other Marines. All right. So you guys are, you I'll guys are, grass. you guys are um, prior military. You have uh, gotten yourself involved with a veterans group. You're kind of dedicating some time to to helping our returning veterans. Uh, but what do you do as a normal job? I mean, what do you guys? What do you, what do you do? You know, from eight to eight to four every day. So I work for a telecommunications company, AT&T. Uh, I install uh, u service in customers around Louisville, uh, Shelbyville, uh, Prospect. Um, so I go out to customers' houses, install TV, phone, internet, um, mainly fiber, um, which is relatively new and within the last couple of years. Um, but... Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. All right. Gina? Yeah. I am a purchasing agent for Vendome Copper and Brassworks, who I'm sure the bourbon world knows. Yeah. So you work at Vendome. And uh, and so for people out there that are listening to the show that don't know who Vendome is. Okay. Vendome is the primary, this, well, I can't say it, production of all the distillation equipment for bourbon they make just a couple of steels there, right? They, yeah, they make So stills. chances are pretty darn good. They make darn, the stills for distilleries. Chances are pretty darn good. If you've been on a distillery tour. You've seen Vendome's products, you've yes. You've seen Vendome's products. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you're I think you're probably spot on there. I would say 98% of the st- distilleries out there probably are running your equipment. Yeah, I think, I think the statistic for bourbon is like 95% of the world's bourbon is made on our equipment. Yeah. So how so, big is Vendome? I mean, how many employees do you guys have there? We're not very big. And that's the best thing about it. Yeah. We have about 75 employees. Wow. 
and we take up like maybe a small city block. Um, it's just amazing. They're not open fa- to the public for tours or anything, are they? No. No. Maybe the old bourbon road get a private one. Maybe. <laughs> so you you're you're the one in there buying all that copper, aren't you? Copper, steel, sanitary fittings. Yes, a lot of that. Yeah. Copper is <clears throat> expensive, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Poor old David's over there. He's like, yeah, I just work for AT&T. I know, right? <laughs> I wish I had the cool I'm job. Just a, I'm just a cable guy. <laughs> I wish I, I had a cool job. It definitely job. has its perks. I'll tell you well, that. You, pres- our, you presented it wrong. Our Christmas parties are awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think you presented it wrong. You should say, I connect people to the world. Hey, I do. <laughs> people get mad when their service ain't working. So They get mad at you a lot. Oh, yeah. So you can say, oh, yeah. Gina, you could say you're really – before the copper is even purchased, you're the start of that bourbon. I am. I am where it all starts. So all bourbon comes through Gina. That's right. <laughs> Y'all want some bourbon? Just talk to Gina. I'll make it happen. <laughs> you know you're going to have like a thousand people invite you on Facebook. <laughs> uh, when we get to the end of the show here, we're going to let you guys share your social media uh, accounts or whatever you know whatever else you want to do so people can reach out to you especially yeah. to i would imagine Gina, you're going to get a few you're going to f- get a few uh messages i would think <laughs> right oh, yeah, definitely so when you you guys think about military and whiskey again um what's some what's some whiskey phrases you hear in the, from the military whiskey phrases yeah you know any I don't. I, I don't know any either. You ever heard of whiskey tango foxtrot? Oh, oh well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hasn't? I mean, whiskey is the W, so you know you yeah, can do anything that? with that. Jim, you heard that before? Yeah, I have whiskey. Yeah. And then you got the uh, whiskey flag um, in our phonetic alphabet, right? The phonetic alphabet, uh, the W is, is whiskey, is whiskey, whiskey right? right? But the flag, a naval flag, it's blue on the outside, like a blue eye and then the white of an eye and in the center of it is red where you've been drinking that whiskey oh nice that's how i always remembered it so you so you so you got that that. then you got the phonetic uh alphabet the letter w for whiskey Whiskey, yeah so so for anybody who that flew right past you there whiskey tango Foxtrot, WTF, fill in the blanks. Yeah, right. I, I think we let it. Hopefully, everybody understands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hopefully. If not. I mean, I'm blonde and I even got that one. So, <laughs> whenever we uh, in the military or in the Navy, and I'm sure in the Coast Guard is the same way, um, they'd say uh, whiskey. Um, that's code word for location for us. Um, I, yeah, I, I, that's I, honestly, I've brain dumped all of that, so I forgot it. Yeah, me too. It's been twenty something years. Yeah. So when did when did you depart from the military? Uh, I was in from ninety five to ninety nine. Ninety five, and you? Ninety seven to oh four. Mike, <laughs> Not long, long time, long time. Ninety one to two thousand sixteen. Nice. Wow. And I still work for him. <laughs> <laughs> I was eighty one to eighty nine. So way back when. Wow. Yeah. It's just showing a, your a age. Couple yeah. Of, so we, 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 we did get to have beards, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I remember when I, I first retired, I it, it took me no time to grow a goatee. And every once in a while I grow a beard and oh, I'll yeah. shave it back off. And them guys at work would be like, what, what happened to your beard? I'm like, man, I got that luxury where I, I'll yeah. keep my goatee, but. 
Um, my beard can come and go. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like right now, I'm growing my beard out because no shave November is coming up, so I'm growing it out. Is that what you call that? That's right. That's what I call it. (laughs) (laughs) So you call it a beard or no shave November? I had to give him crap about his beard. (laughs) But yeah, so normally I'm I got a goatee, and so yeah. But now getting back to the beard in the Navy. Yeah, don't they have a tradition like if you sell the seven C's, you can get like have a piercing. When I got my uh, my fish, so I was on a submarine, so we would get our dolphins, our fish. Right. You know, you got you had to go around the entire base and visit all the commands, and, and everybody in the commands would pin them on you. I don't know if you know what that means. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> we got pinned. So you got pinned. So, yeah, so, you know, that kind of went away, and then the crawling on your hands and knees through trash on the ship's deck went away, and then... Eventually, I think all that stuff's pretty much gone now. No, they still, they're still traditions. They, still do traditions. they just don't talk about cro- it anymore. When you cross over the equator or the oh, yeah, international date line. Yeah, and they're still, yeah, they're still traditions. That's like the piercing. Uh, I think it was an old naval tradition from like back in the day, back when you had your pirates and stuff like that, that if you sell the seven seas, you, you, you could get uh, uh Piercings, uh, David. That, I think somebody forgot to mention what happens in the med stays, stays in the, in the med. med. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Yeah, we just had Dustin Collins on. What happens in the barn stays in the barn. So. <laughs> hey, that's a good idea. Oh, we don't want to know about that. <laughs> My imagination just went everywhere. <laughs> All right, guys. So, so the let's get back on the Veterans Club here. You guys have got some events that you do from time to time. What do you got coming up? Uh, so we the, have camaraderie with coffee. Yes, we do have a camaraderie and coffee that is coming up on. I'll tell the you tenth. what. Is it the tenth? It's yep. at J Town Beach and J Town uh, Beach. J-Town. Now, what's J Town Beach? It's actually I play volleyball there, so okay. it's a little volleyball um, set up, and it's got a little. I don't know if you'd call it a restaurant, but they serve drinks and. I don't know what else they serve there. They got bar food and stuff. So they got bar yeah. food and coffee got and stuff. Yeah. So okay. as of right now, we're um, so we had we had an equine session today. Uh, then we got coffee and camaraderie coming up on November tenth, um, and and then we have a bullets and barbecue coming up, which is where we go to the Lova Armory, um, which is one of our partners. Uh, they let our veterans come there for free. Uh, the only thing that would cost a veteran is ten dollars if they don't uh, to buy a box of ammo if they don't have uh, their own ammo. Uh, but they get so from four to seven, they get to go to the range and shoot for. So the, the range fees are are, are, are donated. Yeah. and so are the weapons. The weapons, the, any weapons that the Louisville Armory has in there, they usually use for rentals. Okay, uh, veterans can use those. So if they want to try something that they've never shot before, or they you can. can bring your own, correct? Or you can bring your own. Right. Yeah. Um, and what kind of turnout do you have for that? Uh, we normally so. Depending on what time, um, what time of the day. Uh, so we normally it's from four to seven. Okay. Um, we normally have about 20, 20 okay. or 20 or 30 veterans, just depending on time of day. I'm going to go out on a limb here. There's probably not any bourbon there, right? No, no bourbon. <laughs> no bourbon on the range. Yeah. Now, what about uh, you guys just had uh, an off-road? Event? Yes, we just had our Jeep adventure, our first one ever. Did you go to that? No, I didn't. I was I was working, actually, at AT&T doing my boring job. Uh, <laughs> but, no, we had our first Jeep off-road adventure that we uh, that we put mm-hmm. on it. So we're calling it uh, – uh, trail ride therapy uh, basically we put veterans with other veterans and take them out into uh, trails at different places 
from what I've seen, pictures wise, everybody mm-hmm. had a great time. And you, you just did a chili cook off too. Yes. Oh, that was at my VFW at the Oklahoma That was VFW. at the VFW yeah. on uh, Preston Highway. That's right. Gina, did you win? I didn't, but I didn't put one in either. So I won because I ate all the chili. Oh, okay. Everybody's a winner. <laughs> everybody's, oh, everybody's a winner, a winner there, winner, right? Yeah. yeah. So everybody was a winner there. Uh, and so, so we do so we do coffee and camaraderie where we get veterans together, a group of us, and we talk about whatever topic that they want to talk about. Um, then we do our family cookouts, which w- the way we look at things is um, – Family served as well. So when you were in the military, if you were married and you had kids, well, when you were deployed overseas, well, your family was back here serving. So what we try to do is incorporate families into that. Uh, so that's why we have our family events. So we have a, a monthly cookout where we have um, bring everybody together. And with us having 2,500 members, or actually 2,600 because I just looked. So we, we got veterans, you know, that are wanting to start their own events in like Bowling Green. We got veterans up in Lexington that are starting their own events, uh, which is what we need because we can't, you know, the board members, we're, we're local here mainly to Louisville. Uh, or Shelby County, and we can't be in Bowling Green to have events. And for those veterans to come here, you know, that's that's a all-day experience, if not a two-day experience. So we have veterans like Brian Wise, who's down in Bowling Green. Uh, they got an event coming up down there at the Flippin' Axe. Um, I saw that. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, so, you know, other veterans are getting involved down there and have hosting events. We had Mary LaRue uh, La up in, in, Lexington. Uh, in Lexington. She just had a uh, range therapy up there. Um, so, and that's what we want. We want people mm-hmm. in the outlying areas to get more involved so we can have more events statewide. Um, and because we're trying to reach all veterans in the state of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have like one big major event every year that kind of brings well, everybody together? We're planning a gala, yeah. and um, hopefully we will, you know, get a lot of people together for that. Now, where's that going to be at? Uh, the location hasn't yet been determined. Uh, we're working on it. We've talked to a few different places. Jephthah Creed being one. A distillery, man. That'd be fitting for this podcast right here. Yeah, well, You be. all could come and like be our commentators mcs huh? <laughs> mcs <laughs> yeah so the, so we're, we're planning a, a a veterans club gala of course you know veterans club is only three years old um and we're still growing um so as for one big event uh the gala is going to be the first big event that we do uh we we tend to focus mainly on the you know, the veterans. Uh, so we do our, you know, our family cookouts, our coffee and camaraderie. But our, t- let's make it clear that we are a nonprofit. So correct. we need donations to get correct. that going and to keep doing all these different, you know, events that we have throughout the state. So are you guys going to do like a, at that gala, are you going to do like a silent auction? That's the plan. Yeah. We're going to do a silent auction, a live auction. Well, I'll tell uh, you what, something great to, to auction off is a uh, bourbon. Is bourbon. Yes. Yeah, a barrel of bourbon. Right? So well, if you're one of our listeners out here and you want to donate uh, a, a barrel, bottle, I'm sure that the Veterans Club, you can reach out to them on Facebook. And uh, Yes. You can absolutely. reach out to us. We have a uh, public page, uh, which is uh, Veterans Club. Um, you look us up there. Um, so uh, it's just uh, that when you say public page, you mean Facebook public page. Yes. yes. It's a Facebook okay. public page. And it's Sorry. just if they just type in 
Veterans, Veterans Club, Club yes. you'll come up. And that'll be the public page, yes. Okay. And they'll have a, the picture will be the state of Kentucky and they'll say Veterans Club on it. Okay. Uh, and then we have a private page, which is just strictly for veterans only uh, for confidentiality reasons, um, which is that's where we have 2,600 members at. And so I think a lot of people don't realize why there has to be a private page. Um, and the reason for that is, is because a brother or sister veteran can go on there and they can ask for help from, yes, absolutely. from other veterans and stuff. And I've, I've been on there before and a guy asked for help and absolutely. Um, and he got it. He, we reached, I mean, there were so many people, you know, I remember talking to him on the phone for quite a while oh, yeah. and saying, Hey man, I'll stay on the phone with you as long as you need. As me to long stay as you need yeah. talk him off that ledge. Yeah. yeah. So we had a guy, a uh, prime example, um, without saying names, but he was at a bar, he was drinking and he got to that point where he thought about, he was going to hurt himself. So he reached out and within five minutes, we had somebody there. We had somebody there to help him, took him, took him, made sure he made it home safely. And then the next day they took him and got him help. Um, so that's what we're all about. We're you guys all are doing good work. Yes, sir. That's You're what we're trying. I'm really honored to be a part of this association. I really. So where else can we find you on Instagram too? Uh, we are on Instagram, Veterans Club on Instagram. Uh, we do have a, um, a website, uh, which right now it's uh, veteransclubky.com. Okay. So um, what about personally? Would you guys like to share your personal social media accounts so people can reach out to you? Uh, they have questions about some of the things you might have said here on this show. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look me up on Facebook. It's David Willis Jr. Uh, on Facebook. Uh, there's a picture of me, my wife, and kids. Now, Gina, you want to put your, your social media stuff out there? I mean, um, L8 might want to reach out to you see if you want to be a national sponsor for it. bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, I've got a Snapchat and I also have Instagram at ggless12. So, ggless12. L E S S. G G L E S S. So, if you're out there and you're listening to us, uh, <laughs> reach out to her. She, she's she's Insta famous. Insta famous. Insta famous. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. Well, All Jim, right. I think this has uh, been a great episode. It has been. Uh, Kick off Veterans Day, Thank, which is on the Thanks uh, for having us. Yeah, I appreciate yeah definitely. It. Thanks it was for a blast. Us. We we really appreciate you guys coming out and sitting down with us, sharing your whiskey with us. It was yes. a blast. We had a good time. I think you guys are doing great work. I'm, Thank you. I'm glad to Thank be you. a new member. Yay. Uh, and uh, as of today, you are a new member. That's right. And uh, look forward to the future with you guys. Awesome. Thanks Can't so wait. much. Well, Thank you, you better come out to some of the events. I will. And volunteer too. I can do Because I'm going to reach out to you. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll bring bourbon with us. That's hey, what I'm talking about. All, that. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank, Thank you. you. appreciate all of our listeners and we'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day to hang out with us here on the bourbon road we hope you enjoyed today's show and if so we would appreciate if you'd subscribe and rate us a five star with a review on itunes make sure you follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at the bourbon road that way you'll be kept in the loop on all the bourbon road happenings you can also visit our website at thebourbonroad.com to read our blog listen to the show or reach out to us directly we always welcome comments or suggestions, and if you have an idea for a particular guest or topic, be sure to let us know. And again, thanks for hanging out with us.